0: Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, you'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at love, linked in the show notes.
1: I think a great culture is one where the team gets everything done. It has to work. You have to get results. And I think you need to pay attention to it because while there may not be one right way of doing it, there's like infinite ways of doing it wrong. I'm
0: Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. To get text alerts when new episodes come out, text 310-872-2423. That's 310-872-2423. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast in our epic sound studio at Beach House Cowork on Main Street. First, let's get into it. How amazing is this new studio?
2: This is so cool. From the moment we stepped into the space, it just felt like this is a place you want to be.
0: Right? And and what. Have you got into experience as you've been here?
1: Well, can we like point out the cow picture? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, please do. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and yeah. then and then there was like a foot massage I think that happened yeah. I think maybe all of us had, I don't know I can't remember
2: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> I blacked out the I whole thing it was too much <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty much I wanted to create the most unreal experience when all you guys come to the sound studio I wanted you to feel like you are these incredible connective celebrities all supporting one another and all relaxing and all doing everything incredible emotion all at the same time where you'll even be like WTF just happened to my life? Is it, is it
2: working? Yes,
1: in short. I mean, I've had better.
2: Um, so
0: yes, this is the We Are Late Tech podcast. This episode is focused on culture, creating culture in your tech company or your startup that you're just creating now, we have two very seasoned people that have worked in many significant companies that you'll recognize and how they contributed to creating culture within those brands. So we have Jay and Shannon here with us. Jay, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and some of the companies that you've worked with? And then Shannon, go ahead and do the same.
1: Okay, so Jay Crouch uh, built a few companies: Quick Records, Deals That Matter, SafeStream, uh, Go Moments, and then most recently, I worked with uh, Honest Company.
0: Amazing! And um, before we get into Shannon's uh, uh, career path, what were those companies? The few that I know, everybody knows the Honest Company, but what were some of the companies that you mentioned before? Like, what did they do?
1: Oh, sure. So they were all in the tech space, um, different industries. So everything from uh, we did legal compliance. We've done a bunch of stuff in e-commerce. And we also worked in like chatbots and text messaging and AI for the hospitality industry.
0: And for those of you who don't know the Honest company, Jessica Alba's company, uh, what is Honest? Honest.
1: Uh, I think I think the official term is natural goods. Um, so the dirty little secret is it got started with the diapers. Everyone loved uh, being able to choose the patterns on the diapers and it really took off from there. So lots of organic products that um, are, are safe for you know the infant environment and the house environment.
2: Amazing. And Shannon? Hey, I'm Shannon Duggan, I'm formerly of Tom's Shoes and Sonos Inc. Uh, Tom's is obviously retail. And Sonos is tech. Um, And right now I founded a company called Perky Work. So I am the principal consultant and we go into companies, big and small, startups and non, um, and try to build thriving, productive work culture.
0: A hundred percent. And this is why I wanted the both of you to come in. Jay, I've known for a few years and has always been passionate about company culture. Shannon, you've been a master of company culture. You could tell it's really important to me to have company culture, which is why I created this special area with the foot massage. (laughs) And I have the candle scents going and and the crazy tapestry on the walls. Where do we get started? Let's say I create my company today. Like I, I'm, I'm in the process of inventing my company. At what stage do I start to think about what type of culture I'm going to create?
2: From day one. <laughs> culture is everything. It's everything that you do and it's how you do it. When you start thinking about culture, you start thinking about the kind of teams you want to build, how you want to do it, how you're going to scale. It's just it's at the root of everything that is startup um and I think that there shouldn't be a day that goes by that you're not thinking about it as a founder.
0: And Jay, what what would you say about when to start creating company culture?
1: Yeah, I, I could I couldn't agree with Shannon more. I think it's um I think it's the most important part of every team. Um because I think I think culture comes down to a few different things. There's the value system and there's kind of the the fun parts of what brings everybody together, but then there's also the the functional and the communication piece. Which is what drives the performance of the startups when you say it is everything that startup it literally is everything that a startup you can't get anything done if you don't have that communication in place.
0: What's one thing you guys notice that's just a significant mistake most companies make when like how do they miss the boat on creating culture what's that one mistake this step that they forget and then that really impacts the longevity of creating a culture.
2: I think rapid growth throws a lot of people. So if you suddenly get your second series of funding and you want to go nuts and start hiring people um, and you don't take a step back to figure out who those people should be and why and how they will jive with the place that you're building, um, that's a really easy way to go off the rails. And I think I've seen a lot of really great companies fail because of that.
0: And what are some of the things like, can you give us an action step list of something that everybody listening could take away right now and implement when they're looking to hire someone that would directly impact creating the culture?
2: Probably a first like quick and easy step um, when you're thinking about hiring the right people is thinking about your values. So you want to start thinking about, you know, what is this company going to run on? What are some of the guiding principles that we are not going to go against. You know, everybody has different processes. Everybody brings different experience to the table coming from different areas, and that's why you hire them. But if there is something that you simply should not do the job without, write it down. And if the people... That you want to bring in, don't drive with that. Then you'll know that it's not the place for them.
1: I would say I'm going to answer a little bit different question. Instead of hiring the right people, the most practical thing that I can think of is um, is working on engagement, because I feel that so much of a startup is about portraying confidence, and that's like from every level of the organization, from managers up to founders, and you're always trying to like convince everyone else that you know what the hell you're doing, and in a startup, no one knows what they're doing. And I think the m- number one most practical step that I see everyone miss is forgetting to go back and talk to everyone at every different level of the organization and being able to really understand if they understand if they're empowered in their job and if they're being able to communicate their ideas all the way up the train.
0: I mean, I think one of the core reasons um, my second company didn't realize the vision that I had for it was was because I didn't have a culture code in place. Like I met with um Tony Shea, CEO of Zappos, who is infamous for their culture code. I can't remember like all of the steps anymore, but just go to zappos.com and you'll you'll see their their they outline their culture. And if you have the right culture code in place, I've written a whole medium post about it. Um I'll I'll link to it. Carl will put it in the show notes. Um you easily know if your teammate isn't following your company culture. So like if you have to let them go, it's nothing personal, but you need to stay within the box of your culture Because literally when I didn't stay in that box um, for for my second company, everything started to fall apart over a couple of years to follow because everyone was like, oh, well, if if she's allowing that over there, then I can do that too. And then the team camaraderie started to crackle away and it was terrible. So that's why now you know, uh, what is We Are LA Tech? We Are LA Tech is a place of collaboration. It's a place where we believe in abundance, that there's enough for everyone to succeed, so we want to support one another. It's a, a place of action takers, people who are strongly integrated or interested in the LA tech community. And then we have different things. Um, there's like an external culture, kind of like that. Then there's internal of my team. My team needs to be detail-oriented. They need to truly care about people. You know, there's different things in that culture. And I'm constantly thinking about that to make sure both the customers slash members and, um, and uh, my teammates are the right fit to the culture code.
1: Yeah, and I can I can totally back that up. So, I have a I have a really close friend who works up in the Bay Area, and she joined a really prominent firm up there. I can't remember the name right now, but it was a really prominent firm and they were very dog friendly, right? So the whole office had all these dogs running around. And she learned once she joined that she was allergic to dogs. And so for like 2 years, everything that came out of her was like, I'm so allergic and HR doesn't care and It was this whole big fiasco. Yeah. And eventually I had to sit her down. I was just like, "Kenna, like this is a dog friendly culture. That's what everyone cares about here. And it doesn't matter that you're an incredible VP here and you're getting everything done. You're not a cultural fit. And what I was really glad about what happened was that they they stayed true and they didn't just neutralize their office and be like, "Okay, well, we don't want. We don't want to be dog friendly anymore just because we're having you know trouble with this one employee, which right. in case was my friend here, right? But and and I think when we put it in that perspective, like, wait, no, this company doesn't, it's not just about the bottom line. Yeah. this is a dog friendly experience. Right. And if you can't get on board with that, then it's time to move on. It's not the right friendly. Fit. Yeah, right.
0: Or in the hiring process, you know it's not the right fit. You're the the candidates are asked are you, are you cool with dogs? And if you're not, it's like, then there's never that negativity.
1: Well, I think it's tough in the, in the hiring process, right? I mean, you want the job and you don't really know what you're signing (laughs) up for. i yeah,
2: I can deal with dogs. It it is and it isn't. And like coming again from like Canada experience lens, I think now we're making this shift towards, well, you know, not only do I have to be right for the company, but the company has to be right for me. Mm -hmm. So when you're in there interviewing, like you should be gauging whether, you know, they're a good fit for you or not. It's not just putting it all out on the line and, you know, dog and pony show, like selling yourself in there. Like it should be a conversation.
0: So what are some things that you've seen companies do really right in the formation of creating a company culture?
1: I don't think that there is a right company culture. I think that's why this is one of the really hard topics. That's kind of nebulous and soft when people talk about it because there's no there's no like recipe. Um, but if you ask me what, what is a great company culture, then I would say, well, it's, it's one that gets results, which I, I know is like your tagline, right? Like the girl that gets stuff done. So I, I think a great culture is one where every, the team gets everything done. And that can be anything from a really super top level down, you know, uh, this is the executive decree and we're just going to do this to that super organic from the bottom, you know, everyone contributes or we were talking earlier about the holocrastic method, you know, not method, but structure. There's like so many different ways it can work, but it has to work. You have to get results. And I think that you need to, I think you need to pay attention to it because there's, while there may not be one right way of doing it. There's like infinite ways of doing it wrong. (laughs) Right, right, right. And then you're just not, you're not getting done, especially if you've got a really expensive team, right? And everything's expensive for a startup. You're, you're just wasting tremendous resources and time.
2: Yeah. I'm on board with that. And I also think that right is such a subjective term. I mean, you're a founder, it's your company. If it's happening in the right way, then the culture is going to convey that and results are a byproduct of, you know, how you're doing that. Are you doing it in the right way? Are you following the values? Are, do you have the right teams in place? Is it a s- scramble to do this? Is it like pulling teeth every time you're trying to, you know, hit a deadline? Or is it smooth? Is there a process in place? And do you get recognition for it at the end?
0: I think everything always has room for improvement. But given given that statement, what's one thing from each of the companies that you've worked with that they just like did it really right? They, they just, just won.
2: I'd say kind of the product launches. Like at, at Tom's, like every time we launch a new product, I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely insane internally. People, it was all hands on deck all the time. Because it functioned, you know, as a typical startup would, even though when I was there, it was eight or nine years in. Um, but what was really right, what came out of all that was the excitement, the mm-hmm. buzz. Like Everyone was just so pumped. We had like when we launched coffee, there were coffee tastings or coffee parties. We got to go to the Tom's store in Abbott Kinney. Like everybody was just stoked. I mean, you like you don't get experiences like that at every company.
0: 100%. How about you? Out of all the companies, what's one thing?
1: I would say, at Honest, the thing that I love the most was that the after work culture was just spot, spot on. Oh, yeah. Zappos right. was
0: like that too. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> it,
1: it's, it's amazing to watch because it was, it just, so many companies have that like forced retreat type of thing. Mm-hmm. And Honest was just like, hey, let's go to the bar tonight and everyone did it and everyone wanted to do it. And it wasn't like, Oh, I got to be there cause the manager's going to be there and <laughs> all that other kind of crap. So it was great. I
0: have a crazy random radical idea that you guys may say no on the spot right here, which is totally fine. But I think it'd be really cool as a uh, Jay, you may know that um, we are la tech is experimenting with really intimate workshops to do here in the studio, like 20 people or less for the community. Would you guys come in together one day in the next couple months and and do a, a one hour kind of like kumbaya workshop on how to create a culture within your company?
1: Totally. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'm so it's, glad it's, I didn't get rejected. You, you, guys. you keep <laughs> asking like, how do we do this right? And it's it's so tough because there's so many more examples of how to do it wrong. So that's the easy part.
0: <laughs> I would love it. I would love. It. Yeah, I mean, for for me again. Culture. I've I, I was been thinking I think about we are late tech every day and and what the culture of we are late tech means to me and and to me and, and what I enjoy where my place as the creator is in, in it all because it needs to align with who I am and my personality and what I really love is the intimate experiences, right? Jay's a club member of the experience club. And we were talking about the intimate experiences before yeah. talk about the difference for you. Like, you know, what we were sharing when we were at coffee of having that connectivity culturally versus a networking event.
1: So for me, it's like light and day. Uh, if I, if I can be in a setting of eight to 10 people, then I can connect with them one-on-one deeply. This is just me as a person. And that makes me feel comfortable, right? This is Jay, the closet introvert. So I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> like I, I feel comfortable. I can make eye contact, you can get my jokes and like I can talk to you more than just the, here's some, some random buzz about the company I'm building, right? Um, especially if you can center it around some sort of activity, which is what's great about the club, right? So we go like rock climbing, we go sailing, or just painting uh, ceramics, right? That was probably my right. favorite. So that those kind of experiences to me are super important, and it was what really drew me to the we are LA tech scene, right? Because I was like, oh, nobody else is doing this, and I think within within larger corporate cultures, I think that's that same methodology applies. I, th- I think if you can create the smaller. More boutique type of organic experiences, it draws people and builds relationships a lot better than the, you know, the corporate party once a quarter, and that everyone just kind of officially shows up for and drinks the drinks the beer obligatory and, and <laughs> totally. leaves right. Totally like, it sucks.
0: And if you guys want to see the club and the culture code that I attach to the club, if you just go to We Are LA Tech dot club that's we are Club. i actually have never shared that url before i never really use that website but um we do have the culture code on there um the way people get into the club is like a, a random secret link and so but go there it has everything about the club if you want to find out more about it but the reason why i bring that up is because a lot a lot of thought Process goes into creating it. Do, it doesn't just happen. Like I constantly need to reevaluate and and do a check in with myself every week, every month, every year. We are La Tech has existed since 2012. Like, is everything matching up with the culture? What does what does We Are La Tech mean to me? What does it mean to others? And then what 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 properties um are in that container that are totally in alignment with that culture? Um, what questions can people ask themselves as they're going through that discovery process? Maybe their middle stage of their company. What can they start asking themselves now to make sure that as they grow larger, they're on the right track to have a really connective feel within their organization?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. That's a really important topic that you bring up because companies are evolving. They're definitely not stagnant and neither should they vision or mission statements or even what they're looking to bring about in terms of talent. Um, There are a lot of types of people that are way more drawn to work for a startup, you know, at series a rather than when they're fully established. Um, I think really good questions to ask yourself would be, does this still resonate? Does it still feel right? You know, from a human perspective and then from a data perspective, you want to get your engagement surveys out there, see what your people are saying, tap in. If you're a larger company, um, and see, you know, what's working, what's not.
1: So, so if I may, I want, I want to jump on the engagement surveys because I think that's the tangible part of, of this whole podcast. Amazing. I think that's the piece, right? And a lot of people will go, oh, it's engagement surveys. And it's not, it's, it, I think engagement surveys are the number one, most important piece of creating a healthy, productive workplace that also people want to be part of because the key is listening to the surveys. Right. So if, if you, if you go along for three months or six months or 15 years and you never put a survey out and then you send a survey out, you think you're getting like a bunch of results? Like obviously <laughs> not. Right. Everyone's like, okay, well how am I going to get burned? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to put this out there. But if you build it into your, your, your culture <laughs> and so you're sending this out on a regular basis, now all of a sudden people trust that they can reveal themselves and give you the accurate feedback that that you need as a leader, as a manager, leader, all the above, um, especially founder. And you can start to understand, okay, well, hey, just like what Shannon was saying, last year, our culture was dog friendly. And now, for whatever reason, we hired a whole bunch of different people who are allergic to everything (laughs) and we don't want that anymore. (laughs) So uh, that's on the fluff side. But I think I think even more importantly, and I I bake all this into culture, um, the communication side and how people feel, how secure they feel in their jobs that's infinitely more important whether whether we have snacks or not. And knowing what's my career tra- trajectory, right. As uh, whoever, like I'm trying to move up to manager and whatever discipline um, is there a chance for me to do that? Right. Glassing. That's how you and I met, right? Shannon? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so learning those kinds of things, understanding, okay, does the majority of my workforce feel X, Y, or Z? And then, and then responding to that each month go out. And you, even if you're a top down organization, you know, to try to drill this home for founders and managers that are starting to build their teams, there's an ROI to culture. It's not just fluff. It's not just recruiting. Um, even though those are both really super important categories. I say fluff. I mean like the, 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 uh, the touchy feely, right? It's not just touchy feely. It's not just about recording. It's about the performance of the team. And what I mean by that is if you got an expensive, uh dev team, right? That's my specialty. So most startups that are technical oriented, like 75% of your budget is with your engineers. Seventy-five percent. And what that means is if your if your team isn't communicating with each other effectively, if you're at thirty, you know, thirty percent optimal productivity, you're losing 50% of your budget. Like, it's just a huge piece. And then, of course, it's a cyclical effect because then the recruiting side comes in and you can't get any good talent. And then it just goes worse and worse and worse. Right. This is like big money. This is like the most important kind of money.
0: Is there any particular software that you recommend using for an engagement survey?
2: I really love CultureAmp. Oh, CultureAmp. Yeah, What's that? Based out of Australia, they actually have...
1: I know them. Jay's on
2: board. Um, Yeah, they have a great brand. They have an awesome presence, actually, even here in LA. They do a lot of events um, for their community. They call them people geeks. So people geek geek meetups are usually people in HR, but mostly people that just have a focus on um, internal teams. Uh, That could be anybody. And do you Managers. know, if it,
0: is it cultureamp.com? I think so. Yeah. Okay, cool. And we'll, and we'll double check that again. Carl, thank you, Carl, for all your inclusions. In the, <laughs> the poor Carl. He listens to every last minute of all these things and just like researches everything and puts it in the. Thank you, Carl. You are awesome. <laughs> all of you guys need to tweet Carl again. Carl, include your own Twitter handle in the show notes so you can tell Carl thank you for working. I mean, our show notes are like the most epic blog post possible on every single episode and that's all thanks to Carl. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I would love for you guys to share if there's a book you recommend on culture and then maybe blog or different resources for people to take a deeper dive. Jay, why don't you kick it off? Any book or blog or both?
1: Yes. Um, there's a book, John C. Maxwell, five levels of leadership. So this is, this is my blueprint. It changed my, changed my life when I figured this out. It's a way to look at interacting with your staff in a way that gives back value to them while they're giving value to the organization. I I feel like every single person that's in any organization can benefit, whether it's top down, bottom up, whatever, like this is how you give and give back.
2: Awesome. Nice. And this book isn't inherently about culture, but I, I think it applies to almost every aspect of it. It's called From Good to Great. Yeah, hundred
1: percent. Those are related. Those two books. No way. Yeah.
0: How are they related? Wait. First, Shannon. What is Good to Great, and by
2: who? I actually don't remember who it's by. I know. I just finished it. I don't it. remember
1: the author either.
2: <laughs> oh it's great, guys. though. It's like all show database. Like they, they, did, exactly. they did all
1: the surveys and big old team. It's incredible. What, was yeah. it, what
0: is it about? Well, I, I keep wanting to say Jim Collins. Is that wrong? No, I think you might be right. Yeah. You guys, will include it in the show notes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> show notes. So good to great is essentially like a, case, a huge case study of why companies succeeded and, you know, had crazy insane success stories and why others kind of petered out and didn't do so well. Um and it's all backed up by science. It's like years and years of this really dedicated team getting together and looking at the numbers and having access to all these internal reports and just saying, you know, this is the th- this is the equation, like plug and play. Awesome.
0: And Jay just gave me the thumbs up that I did remember the author, right? So I would
1: just like to say for the record that you were right. <laughs> amazing <laughs> amazing is that the she only does time she all <laughs> <laughs> one of the lovely females in your life has so, ever been right <laughs> yeah. so those those books are related um, because the the secret to give it away to good to great is a level 5 leader at the top and 5 levels of leadership uh, came out I think just before good to great which is where he based the, the, the level 5 from mm-hmm. and it gives you the blueprint for how to get there
0: awesome And before we go, and I know you guys haven't had time to prep for this question. So um, just do your best. Is there any LA tech company or person like an LA tech talent you've come across lately who has really impressed you?
2: Jay Crouch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, actually, that is fair. That's fair. You guys just met, so we did, so yeah. tell tell us a little bit about why. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: gosh, I'll she looks al- so. I right Honestly,
0: I ran into them this morning. Uh, when we were having um, treats at Dogtown uh, Coffee Shop. It was actually my first time there. And um, yeah, you had known each other for like 36 minutes at that point. So Not even. And you met at a conference at General Assembly, or not conference, but a talk at General Assembly where Jay was giving a talk on how to be a badass leader. And... uh, And then you guys connected on the topic of culture because, again, Jay's been passionate about this for years and you're passionate about that, Shannon. And so tell us what stood out about Jay. Like, why was he the person that you wanted to form a connection with?
2: Yeah, I was super impressed. I went into this kind of a panel totally blind because I don't work a lot in tech, but I'm trying to get into it. So I was like, I'll just go and learn. Let's see what they have to say. All these CTOs and CPOs, how exciting. And then it turned into a conversation entirely about culture. And I'm sitting in the back of the room like, this is so great. I just love what I do. And I'm soaking it all in and I'm jiving with everything that he's saying. And, you know, he really stood out very eloquent in the way that he composed himself and talked about this topic that I love. Um, And then towards the end of the discussion, I think he got asked a a question about you know, somebody who was interviewing at a company, like what you should be looking for, on the lookout for mm-hmm. in terms of culture when you go I in. I totally remember this. <laughs> and he goes, you know, really adamantly. Three things. First thing. Uh now you're on
1: the spot. <laughs> <here."> <laughs> I like
0: oh, her God. impression.
2: You know? I know, right? Like, t- uh. I was like ready
0: for it and then she like she stumped me when she asked you to
2: you can't okay, okay. On guess, that, so I'm
1: listening to the story I'm an audience member oh you're not the
2: audience <laughs> active audience so the last thing anyways was where he was kind of stumbling because he had been speaking for an hour and a half and basically holding up the whole conversation um, and he couldn't remember that the last aspect you should be looking for is opportunities for growth. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to help this guy out. And I just hollered from the back of the room, like opportunities for growth. <laughs> but we're the first three. Don't leave us <laughs> hanging.
1: Do you remember what Shannon? We're the first two. Um, I love how
0: it was like why she wanted to connect with him and now that's that's how memorable Jay is. Just, kidding.
1: Just a loose cannon. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: what? Here is what I remember. I I remember that voice like an angel coming out of the crowd. <laughs> I know, and I was like, oh my god, that was exactly what I was trying to say. Like right, like this moment, I could not remember what I was trying to say.
0: <laughs> All right, so so Shannon. I uh, took the path of saying you. You cannot do that with Shannon. You I know, don't get to. It a cheap
1: shot. I know. <laughs> I mean, it was totally applicable. So,
0: uh, what LA tech company or talent have you come across lately, um, in the last few months, who have really impressed you?
1: Top of mind answer. I'm going to say Corey. Uh, Corey J. Corey J. Yeah. So um,
0: I second
1: that. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Right.
0: But how do we find him?
1: What, what, who is he? So, so Corey is my chief competitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he is a freelance product and technology officer and he helps companies um, build, build their products and build the right products and build the tech teams, which is what I do. So um, when I met Corey, I was just so incredibly impressed because he has such an incredible grasp on how to do this right. Right and how to keep founders, um, on the straight and narrow. And he's just so approachable and so knowledgeable. I was like, Oh my God, you are like a kindred spirit and I just, I love him. He's a great guy.
0: He's great. First of all, Corey created Rhubarb Studios. Yeah. Um, Rhubarb Studios over the years has been a huge supporter of We Are LA Tech. Not only that, when I met Corey, um, I remember that he was speaking on a panel and I was, I was, I was kind of like peeking in. I was there to support my girlfriend, Caitlin O'Shaughnessy, um, who created uh, Tripscope, now Acquired congrats to Caitlin and I just remember Corey speaking and I was just like I need to know you Mm -hmm. period like instantaneously and then I went up to him and I'm like we're gonna know each other he's like you're a weirdo you know (laughs) but um how can people stay connected with each of you
2: yeah all the social things LinkedIn Twitter and can you spell your name again for everybody it's Shannon Duggan S-H-A-N-N-O-N-D-U-G-G-A-N
0: Perfect. So be sure to connect with Shannon. And then Jay.
2: I
1: am launching tipsfortechteams.com uh, in probably two weeks. I've been saying that for a few weeks, so <laughs> hopefully it'll be two weeks. But uh, the whole idea is to try to give back here by providing non-technical advice for how to um, build, your, build your tech teams and how to become a better CTO, how to work with your CTO, how to grow from an engineer um, up and how to if you're not a technologist, like how to work with technologists, all those different things. So products and leadership focused and uh, it'll be 90 second videos followed by blog posts.
0: Amazing. And if you want to be part of the culture building workshop, tweet at we are LA tech so we could give you the special access again we want to keep it ideally you guys I want to keep it like under 15 people even and there's thousands of people within we are LA tech so if you are seriously interested in being a part of this intimate workshop where you learn about culture building and get to meet Shannon and Jay one on one tweet at we are LA tech or you could shoot us an email just go to we go to our contact page we'll make sure to get back to you this is been Esprit Devorah and I'm just so proud to be in We Are LA Tech myself I know it sounds so funny but I do I feel like I'm a member of We Are LA Tech myself so I, I just it's such an honor and a privilege to share everybody's stories and I just I feel so much gratitude for Beach House co-work for you know making this possible to have this epic sound studio and this crazy iPhone six plus thanks to Soapbox, which is also an LA startup company. It, it's just like everything's coming together and it's all to support the community. And I can't wait to see what's to come. So again, tweet at we are LA tech. I will talk to you guys here. You guys see you guys in the next episode. Bye. When I was a little girl playing in my father's office, I dreamed of learning how to code. But my dad wasn't a coder, he was a businessman. And I never got to learn how, and it's been something that I've been curious about my whole life. And now, like, this whole world is startup and tech-crazy, and I just want to know how to code, too. Hack Reactor makes coding professionally go from being a dream and something that you just desire to have to really being a legitimate programmer. You could get a job straight away after. Even if you've been curious and you want to improve your skills and you're working in the marketing department and you happen to have to learn how to do HTML and you want to take your steps that much further, you gotta check out Hack Reactor. Hack Reactor is the trusted environment, academic level education to go to to become the best programmer that you could possibly be. Not only will you get the education, but you'll get the support from them to make sure that you're not alone in the journey. HackReactor.com